0: What is up, guys? And thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation, Hero Talk, New Generation Hero Talk podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. This is a special podcast we're doing this week because it is our Wonder Woman 1984 review podcast. I am so excited to do this show, guys, because we have not done a movie review since last year. Of course, we had the pandemic happen and all the movies that were slated for this year. Now, to be fair, there weren't too many besides Wonder Woman, but the two other Marvel movies that we we're supposed to get. All got pushed back. We didn't get Wonder Woman on time, and I didn't think we'd get uh, any movie reviews. And it's a facet of the show I like. It kind of changes up the pace for the Hero Talk podcast that we do. And um, it took a little while, but you know, last weekend of the year, last Hero Talk podcast of the year, we're finally getting in a movie review, and it's Wonder Woman 1984. And boy, this is going to be an interesting conversation, given some of the chatter I've seen on the internet. I have talked to. My guys, a little bit about the movie, um, but uh, we'll go more in depth uh, today to learn more about what they think about it. I have a little bit of an idea, but I think that we're gonna uh, learn more over the next you know hour or so. Joining me are my co-hosts. Starting with Shamari Stewart, Sham. What are, you, what are your you know initial thoughts of doing the um, this uh, review and what were your initial thoughts on the movie Wonder Woman, Nineteen Eighty Four?
1: Uh, so i'm glad to be doing this, the review with you guys as usual um so the my i guess my just my initial thoughts uh, just very briefly are um good not great uh i would say did not meet my expectations um you know which is always kind of gives the impression of it was a huge letdown for some people it was a huge letdown yeah uh, which i'm seeing a lot of that sentiment i'm also seeing the sentiment of a lot of people who love the movie or thought it was great so it seems to be pretty uh you know pretty mixed i would say mixed but leaning to a positive mostly at least based on what i just what i'm seeing um uh but I, I guess i kind of feel the way that the the aggregate <laughs> it seems at least so far is i thought it was good not great it had it definitely had a, a good number of flaws and things that you can kind of pick a lot of things you can pick apart and it had um just some kind of um i wouldn't even call it pacing but i guess just just in terms of of a lot of things, just not being given enough time, it right. seemed in the movie. Uh, so it had a lot of stuff going on, but it had a lot of very, a lot of, I think it had a lot of fantastic moments, very heartfelt moments, moments that really got you in the feel, so to speak. Right. You know, really made you be like, "Oh wow!" You know, this really, um, you know, impact, impacted me. Very human moments, which, surprisingly, I thought were actually some of the best moments of the movie. But, um, and some, in some decent action pieces, uh, you know, some action, uh, pieces that were very good and, and enjoyable to watch. Um, I think the overall story was, was decent as well, though I say that didn't meet my expectations also, but it, it was decent. So overall I thought it was a decent movie. Um, I, I definitely think it's worth a watch. I would never tell anyone not to watch it. Uh, but I thought it was, I thought it was a solid movie. I, well, I would go, I would caution anyone who saw the first one, to not go into this movie expecting something as good uh, Mm -hmm. as that.
0: Okay. Well, Kendall, also on the podcast, so full house today. What are your, first of all, thoughts on on doing the review show today, and what are your thoughts, initial thoughts on this movie before we go deep dive into it? Well, yeah, I mean,
2: I thought your points at the beginning about, you know, didn't think we'd get here, you know, Uh, but shout out to Warner Brothers. Shout out to Warner Brothers for making this available. Um, you know, we were able, me and Jamar watched it together with the rest of our family and, you know, it was a, uh, minus EJ, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure EJ had, had, had fun as well watching the movie, but, um, you know, the experience uh, was a with the, with a fine simulation for us, um, you know, trying to watch it and make it feel like a movie. And <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. you know, it ended up watching good, but, um, you know, it was, it was just good to have that feeling again, you know, I mentioned it on our last show that, you know, I wanted to, I was hoping this movie would be very popcorn-y, very super early, very, maybe even campy in some regards, because, you know, I didn't want it to be as dark as maybe the first one may have been, and, um, you know, or be, like, some dark brooding superhero movie, but, um, mm-hmm. and it ended up, it ended up being maybe, maybe a little too extreme on the on the lightheartedness and the campiness in some areas, but, mm-hmm. um, but no, this, this movie, uh, I thought it was solid. You know, it was, it was the first thing I said coming out of the movie was I really enjoyed that movie. You know, it was, it was a fun movie. It wasn't, it wasn't a masterpiece. Um, it was in some ways, this going to sound kind of, kind of negative, but in some ways it was a little, it was a little, it was, it was shoddy. It was a shoddy movie. But you know, it was still fun, and I still enjoyed it. Like it had its issues, it had its holes you could pick. Um, a little bit like, a little bit like Venom, but better movie than Venom overall in a lot of ways. But same, similar kind of feeling where Venom, you know, I was like, man, this isn't a, this isn't a spectacular movie, but, um, but I enjoyed it, and it's the same feeling for Wonder Woman eighty four. So I totally get so many people that didn't like it for various reasons, but, um. But I'm not one of those people. I, I liked the movie. I enjoyed it. And I thought it was. I thought it was good. So, um, I, I'm. I'm. Re- I'm excited to, uh, to to dive into this. 100. percent Yeah, man. I'm. I'm really excited to
0: dive into it as well. My initial thoughts on the movie. I I liked the movie. Um, I thought that it was enjoyable. I thought it was a, It was a. It was a particularly. It was a fun ride. I thought because of the performances for the most part. And the, some of the little Easter eggs that they threw in there for DC fans that I really did enjoy. Uh, I say that, though, with a little bit of a caution that, you know, as Kendall said, this movie has some fundamental issues that are just, it's just undeniable. And I know that there's a crowd out there that really hate this movie, to be honest. Um, and there's a lot of them. It's not a small crowd. It's a large crowd. And I get it. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna you know if this is the podcast where you want to hear me make excuses for this film it is the wrong show for you. I'm not any even though I liked the movie and I will defend I will make my points why I liked it. The the reason that I I ended up did feeling a little bit let down because I felt like Wonder Woman to me given what they established in 2017 with the first movie, a sequel to this movie, that movie should have just been a layup. You know, DC I think had been on a decent track in regards to critically acclaimed movies, and they really were starting to remove the stench of being the company that makes the bad movies. That you know, whether DC fans like it or not, was just given to them. It, it just was. Whether you, you agree with it or disagree, with it, that's what the perception became. And I think they did a, a. And I think they deserve a ton of credit. You know, and I don't say that to diss them. I'm saying that they deserve a ton of credit to, to grinding that away. With a lot of these uh, recent releases. That started really with Wonder Woman. I know they did have Justice League afterwards. That also was subpar. But Wonder Woman kind of started a, a decent streak. Of movies that were. If not great. At least passable and enjoyable. And I feel like. I never would have thought that the streak would. Definitively end with another Wonder Woman movie. No way in hell. I could not have imagined that. But I think that they made some, some choices here. That made it almost impossible to make a, a really, like, f- truly flawless movie. I think that this movie, while enjoyable, just tried to do too many things. And even though the, the runtime ends up being bloated, it still wasn't enough time because of how much they were trying to do. I think this movie needed to be scaled down a bit. and And I think that there were some story structural issues... And some weird, even some weird shooting, and I you know. I like Patty Jenkins a lot, but there are some weird shots that just I think take me took me out of the movie a couple of times. That for those reasons, those people who are upset about this film, who expected greatness, which is what the first film is, in my opinion, and I, I feel very strongly about it because I just recently watched the first film, so it's not like I'm three years removed and I'm like kind of like, uh, kind of like rose colored glasses thinking about the nostalgia of when I watched it the first time. I watched this movie two week, last week and seeing it and seeing like me saying yeah this movie is great like you know is it perfect no but it's like it's special and then watching when i watched this weekend it's just not the same i think that if if, there are some people like this more and that's cool but in my opinion um i don't know how you could watch that first movie and then watch this and think that this this is comparable content and quality uh for that reason i feel like they they missed the layup because this should have been easy in terms of uh Making another enjoyable Wonder Woman movie. The fact that you have so many people that are this angry that doesn't make sense to me. So
2: what I will say about the about the reaction is, I wonder if I could be wrong about this, mm-hmm. but it's the 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 scientist in me wonders if the uh be uh the reaction for this movie was more negative because you had more people watching this movie that may not have gone or seen this movie in theaters and because it feels like a lot of the people that i've seen that negative reviews of this movie are Mm -hmm. people may not they don't necessarily seem like they are you know avid superhero movie fans so you know i do wonder if it's if it's a situation where it's like, look, I mean, Christmas, a lot of people, you know, looking for something to watch. Um, Wonder Woman's the, the the biggest movie of the year, along with Tenant right. that's coming out, and you don't have to you don't have to go see it in theaters. Uh, it's a new movie, so I mean, you have a lot of people that are just like, oh, I might as well might as well put this on, and you know, maybe <laughs> people come in with negative lenses to begin with that so, then say. Yep, lived up to uh, what I expected. It was another bad superhero movie. Uh, you know, maybe the reaction would have been the exact same, but um, but I do wonder if there's a little bit of a uh, of a skew negative than it would have been.
0: So I'll let Shamari go for a second, and I'll just but I'll say something real quick here to answer that. And it's uh, going to be well. Oh, well, well, sorry, Shamari, I'll let you go on that first.
1: Now, I'll <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. So I don't. I honestly don't know. I I would say I haven't really seen... um, I mean, I would say I've seen a lot of people who wanted this movie to be better and it wasn't. So I I don't necessarily think that that, that's, you know, causing an inflation of negativity towards the movie. Um, I mean, I, I would think... I mean, I don't know. The pandemic is affecting everything, obviously. I would think that those people wouldn't have watched the movie, period. If they wouldn't have gone to see it in theaters. I mean, if they're bored, there's plenty of other things to watch. There's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's Amazon, there's Disney Plus. I mean, there's all kinds of other things to watch, you know. So I don't know uh, if that, you know, um, you know if that's affecting it at all. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't think that 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 is having too much of an effect. And uh, you know, um, I mean, I would I would tend to uh, agree with EJ's sentiment it seems that it seems that we're, we all kind of feel for the most part the same way about the movie um, though I, it's inter- I'd be interested to see to see how you guys would would compare this movie more specifically I'm sure we'll have our ratings at the end to, to really compare um, yeah yeah uh, but you know I actually is one thing I find is funny I'll just I'll just say this before EJ gives his his response to your question as well um, I, I find this movie. And just looking at Patty Jenkins' directorial style, I feel like it did something similarly to the last movie, but there were a few things that were done differently. Right. Um. I think just in terms of the tone. Yeah. And, and yeah, we'll yeah, and we'll get into specifics of the movie, but just also in the tone and just in the quality, you know, to be honest, of what was done, and I, I honestly think Cheetah is a big, a big kind of monkey wrench All in right. the formula well, I've done uh, as yeah. well. Um, you know, just in terms of because that's one big thing that was not present in the last in the last movie because I yes. feel like otherwise tonally it's very similar. I think right. Um, but mm-hmm. we didn't have a cheetah figure in the last movie. It was right. Wonder Woman. You know, Ares kind of messing messing with things in the background. General guy who's kind of being influenced by Ares, right, <laughs> or was Ares, whatever, however you want to phrase it. So it's like it was kind of a bunch of weird stuff going on. Right, and, right, right. Uh. So yeah. So. So the cheetah stuff, it may have worked for some people. It didn't work. I thought some parts of it worked. That other parts maybe didn't work or just weren't given enough time. But we'll get into that. Uh, but I'll let you go.
0: Yeah. So just to, to quickly, I think those are all good points, Sham. To quickly just talk about Kendall's question, and I'm a, <laughs> I'm actually gonna you know give Martin Scorsese a little bit of a lob here, but I don't think that applies because I feel like, and I hate saying this because I'm a superhero fan. But I think the general audience view superhero movies in more of a kind of lowbrow, kind of popcorn-like experience. So I don't think that the notion that they would be harder on this movie—I don't buy that because I don't buy in superhero fatigue. Like to me, the only way that that would make sense to me is that this no, this mystery, this myth we keep talking about superhero fatigue, and we've we've seen countless times that that's not a thing. And I don't well, even
2: know. so then what's your so so, so your point is that
0: superhero fans are more likely to be more critical than I think the average audience well
2: i I tend to agree with
0: that but I, I don't and know. I, and I, and in and the second thing and I'll kind of go on what Shan was saying I also don't necessarily even agree with the original premise that it's not superhero fans I've seen superhero people who are in this circle who are in this culture. Hate this movie. Yeah, I've seen enough of them. I don't think it's. I don't think they're outliers. Like, right. are there yeah. the people that like I follow for like basketball yeah, would, and hip hop that are saying this movie sucks? Like, yeah, there are all those people too. But I'm seeing a, certainly enough of the people that I follow day in and day out who follow the superhero stuff, whether it be fans, whether it be other content creators, whether it be critics who are in this culture, not the regular fan, film culture, just superhero content. They don't like this movie. And It's not all okay. of them. There's a lot of them who do, but I'm just saying. I think that I correct, don't think correct. I don't even agree with the original premise that it's mostly just outsiders. I think that this movie, which I want to say, uh, and I'll go I guess now into like my initial thoughts on the movie. Well, I did a little bit, but just one last thing I did want to say about it is, I think this is the most polarizing DC movie since Man of Steel, 100. I think this, I mean I think this might be the most polarizing movie, so, superhero movie, besides Man of Steel, which I think is the most polarizing superhero movie that I've ever. Seen seen, experienced. Um This movie is extremely controversial, it seems like to me. I think it's not as controversial as Man of Steel. Cause I think, unfortunately, I think more people kind of like live in, are, are more willing to defend Man of Steel than I think the fans of this movie are. I think the fans of this movie and we're, I think we're all three of them. Cause I think we all generally still liked it. Um I think we kind of all see clearly what the issues are. Whereas I think with Man of Steel fans, and Shemar can assess that he is a Man of Steel fan, and we've argued about this mm-hmm. a bunch over the last seven years, however long it's been. You know, some of the issues that a lot of our people who don't like them, like me, like me, a lot of the issues that we raise, they don't agree with necessarily. They just don't fundamentally agree. So that becomes this friction and fight that we've that we've seen now play out for seven again, six, seven years now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um with this film, it's polarizing, but I don't think it's as polarizing only because I think that the people who like it like us, I think that we all I think everyone kinda said, yeah, no, all those things you're saying are kind of true. I kind of, but like you just say, well, I like I like certain aspects of it that did it for me to where I still enjoyed it. And there are some people who those flaws take you out of it, and that's and that's becomes a problem. Um, but yeah. I guess we should you
1: should probably go ahead, go ahead and share them real quick for you. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I was just I was just gonna agree with that. I mean, I think one good example of, of just what you said is one of the issues, and of course, we're gonna get into the movie now, but one of the issues with you know, Man of Steel. A lot of people have, but you guys have, and other people have. Is I don't like um, uh, uh, what's his name? the uh, Superman. The guy to play Superman. Cavill. Yeah. I don't the like Cavill. Cavill. The, the portrayal of Man of right. Steel. Like myself, I think he's a good Superman. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like a basic issue. <laughs> this movie. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of it online, but it seems like we all agree Gadot is a great Wonder Woman. And I thought she played a good, great Wonder Woman in this movie, personally. I think she's one of the shining, one of the bright spots of the movie. One of the many bright spots. Uh, I think right. it's a good movie. There's more intricate stuff that people. There's see. more intricate stuff, but I haven't seen a lot of people say Gadot was bad in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So yeah, that's one one just one example, but I agree. It, it, you know, a lot of people that even like the movie, they see what the people who don't like it are talking about. But like he said, it's more intricate stuff. So
0: let's let's uh let's dive in. So, One Woman, Nineteen Eighty-Four, directed. Um, by Patty Jenkins, screenplay by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, along with Dave Callum. Obviously, just on Gal Gadot It's Wonder Woman, Chris Pine returns, Kristen Wiig now in the fold, Pedro Pascal. Um, man, I guess for me, I want to start with what I really enjoyed with this film. I know we kind of mm-hmm. we kind of started this this podcast on kind of on kind of the defensive. I do want to give this film its flowers for what I did enjoy. Um, I think Pascal was a superstar in this movie. Um, I could argue that a lesser actor and this... I feel totally different about this movie where I don't like it. Because one, they, they they chose Maxwell Lord, who is a he's kind of a polarizing choice for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of there are a lot of these fans who don't really particularly like Mike Maxwell Lord in a vacuum, let alone putting him in a movie and giving him this kind of rebrand that they gave him. Uh, he's always been suit. a a a a B a B-rate like sutor. Exactly. And the comics have changed and retconned him to have powers that are, as we see in this movie, kind of <laughs> broken. And, you know, right, exactly. He kind of becomes like a a poor man's like Luthor, without much of the depth, right? and, and there's a lot of things about him that people just aren't as crazy about. But they gave him a rebrand that is con- that is controversial. I'll be clear. Um, I've seen people who can't stand this this villain, and I ended up loving Maxwell Lord. I thought Pedro Pascal hit on so many notes. Um, to me, he's the central theme of this movie, and to me, I think this movie, in many ways, I feel like. I feel like you know. I know we kind of talk about it being like, oh, it's kind of like a dumb popcorn movie or whatever. But I honestly don't really see it that way. I kind of see this movie as more of like everything that happens to me is just Patty trying to prove a point and send a message about a specific thing she's trying to tell people, which is um, lying and, and and shortcuts and cheap cheap thrills to get what you want and what you desire at the end of the day is not the way and, and leads to more destructive things to yourself to As the people your around you. dollars, eh? it's not the way <laughs> right um and to, and, me, and to me he's to me he's kind of just the epitome of that so to me and I, I think that in some ways i think some of the weakness of the movies that they don't really try to establish anything else but because she came in with that singular focus it all rides on whether or not that guy can deliver on those emotional notes of you feeling, yes, he's out of control and he's—and, like, we, he can't—he's got to be stopped. But also, like, man, like, you hes like, a sympathetic character and you end up still feeling for him. And do you get that point? And for me, I did. Um, I thought the scenes with his son worked really well. Uh, I thought— you know kind of just seeing this character and you know i mean let's keep it 100 we we know that they definitely tugged on some strings uh and some themes of what a lot of people would consider are some of the issues that stem from the president and and to be honest I know maybe some people will take offense to it but i kind of i actually thought it was kind of it was sad and it didn't make me think of the president in like a negative way it actually made me more sad if you believe that's that a lot of these issues that Max Fuller goes through is similar to the president, but um, but yeah, I mean, I thought he was a superstar. I thought that he really, in many ways, carried. He he partially carried the movie. I thought that you know Gal and, um, yeah. and Chris then also carried the movie. Like they were kind of two pronged in like their ability to carry this film, which had a lot of structural issues. But to me, when I start with things that worked, I thought he worked.
1: Not necessarily,
0: so, not necessarily his powers. Like, that didn't work. And I get into that for negatives. But him, I believed in. And I believed in him. I believed in the character. I believed in what he wanted. And I believed in that. Because I guess to me, I don't know. I guess to me, I the the, the ideal that, like, somebody who feels like, who's so obsessed with showing people that he's not a nobody, that he's a somebody... The idea that they won't ever stop until they have everything is not far fetched to me. I think for some people that don't like them, that's the issue. They're just like, like, why would you like? Once you've like gotten a little bit, why would you stop? And I'm like we see all the time, people who keep going and don't stop and keep, you know ruin people's lives and do whatever it takes just to be number one, no matter what. Like that's very real to me, and I think to see that that could happen to anyone, even someone who's a fairly decent man who just wants to get by, it made sense. So, yeah, so I thought so, Pascal was great.
2: Yeah, on Pedro, I'll even take it a step further and say that I know you really liked his performance. Yeah, yeah, I mean, his performance was was fantastic. Um, in a lot of ways, this movie is a lot of them, it's more of a Maxwell Lord movie. than a world I, to- movie. I
0: totally agree with that.
2: If totally. we're being honest, you know, I mean, the movie is it's almost from his perspective in a lot of ways. And the movie, uh, the the plot is is one hundred percent. It's about him, like you know, it's about the decisions he's made and the his his whole his whole grand scheme. Yeah, Diana and, and yeah, Diana and um and
0: Steve are playing catch up the whole movie.
2: Yeah, just yeah, you know, we're following where Maxwell Lord is at. Um, they're not going to. They, in a lot, some ways they are going to catch Maxwell Lord, but it's it's not, you know. It's different than traditional than traditional superhero movie villain that we've seen. Um, you know, we talked about it coming into this. You know, coming into this movie when we previewed it the last couple of weeks. That one of the things I wanted to see was what was going to going to be the villain dynamic. Was it going to be kind of as the villain? Is it going to be a Maxwell Lord's villain? Because in the in the trailers they didn't show you much, and obviously mm-hmm. coming out of it, uh, Maxwell Lord is the primary villain of this movie. Right. Um, and Pedro Pascal does an excellent job. You know, I, I feel like I agree that they made mistakes in telling the story uh, of Maxwell Lord. Um I do like I do I do like how it's funny how they, they like Maxwell Lord is more of a stage name. He goes actually Lorenzano. Oh, I love that. So they make him uh, Hispanic. Uh, but um but you know it was you know it clearly you know, I thought, I thought some of the decisions... I thought making him the stone, which is a... I mean, it's a massive decision they made. It's, it's a big part of the movie. It's not something they probably would have done, you know, in hindsight. Um, I, I would have been fine with just him holding on to the stone. Um, but they had to do it a certain way. Uh, and they they made that decision. I thought the movie got a little chaotic when it came to the stone. Um, and some of the stuff that happened with it. Mm-hmm. But but Max Willard and Pedro Pascal deserve credit. You know, because he... He did it. He did an excellent job, and he's one of the major bright points,
1: bright spots in this movie. Um, I don't know. How do you feel, mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I mean, I thought I liked uh, Pedro Pascal's performance. Um, I liked uh, uh, Maxwell Lord for the most part. I, I feel like we're all kind of go, kind of going to go down the same road in terms of what issues we had with his character. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Pedro Pascal did a fantastic job. I really enjoyed all of the acting performances in the movie, but I thought Pedro Pascal was, was, um, I thought he did a very good job in the movie. Um, like you said, things got very crazy, chaotic, erratic at the end to the point where, um, you know, it seemed kind of just like, like, boy, this is getting really, uh, this, this is getting really crazy, you know, towards the end of the movie. So, um, so yeah, and it's not it's not his acting, but it's just so crazy. it's like oh, right it's the plot, right. It it's plot. It's what's going on, on right yeah. so um, so yeah, I don't know i thought I thought he did a good job in terms of 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 his acting ability yeah. i don't I wouldn't say that he like saved the movie. I definitely wouldn't go that far in terms of you know, I enjoyed his performance, but right. i there was a lot negative with regards to the character and and the story and the plot surrounding his character that I didn't like, hmm. so i wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say that he was a bright spot for me. He did a good job, but the character itself, it was a mixed bag for me. In the movie. Um, Which, which I'm sure, it, as you would imagine, is a large part funny, of why I didn't, it, you know, love the movie completely. It's funny how, uh <laughs> it's
2: funny how they, they mentioned how, um or EJ mentioned how, you know, a lesser actor would have, uh, you know the role. Maybe the movie comes out completely differently because mm-hmm. you know I think about like Guy Pierce in Iron Man Three, who played Aldrich Killian. You know, I mean, a little forgettable. Not to say not to not to put Guy Pearce on blast, but I think he would tell you probably not his best role. Um, and some of that maybe maybe the writing as well. But regardless, you know, Maxwell Lord could have easily been another Aldrich Killian. There's a lot of there's a lot of similarities. You know, honestly, in a lot of the, in the character um yeah. but Pedro Pascal did an excellent job of portraying him in a way and the movie just did a much better job of like of featuring him you know yeah. like just yeah. Killing was kind of kind of almost a background character which is why Marvel has their issues with villains but um but also the performance also carried it um one of the other quick things that I liked was you know EJ had mentioned how they tied in that theme of you know shortcuts and stuff like that and you know the the movie starts out with a flashback um and we see that a lot of times and there are times where these movies start out they start out with flashbacks for no reason like you show you like the the easy one to look at is fantastic four with um with with miles teller and they start you out with a flashback when reed Richards is like 10 and he's doing like a, he's in like doing like a science project and yeah. the movie it was so stupid because like it was in like it was supposed to be like two thousand and one, but he's talking about like Eli Manning on the being on the Giants, how he's a fair <laughs> player. I'm like, Eli was that old what are you talking about? <laughs> but it was so stupid. But regardless, um but like that movie that, that scene doesn't all it does is show you that re Richards is smart, but it has no impact on the movie. And so when they start you off with this scene and like Diane is doing the whole you know, Themiscarian, you know, Ninja Warrior thing, <laughs> where it's like the Olympics, and you're like, alright, you know, is this going to be any payoff or is this just to show that she's a prodigy? It, it all ties back throughout
1: yeah. the movie. Which I love that scene, by the right way. Yeah, yeah uh, I do, I do too. Task.
2: It ended up working. You know, initially I was like, uh, I mean, you know, this is going to be a waste of time, but but it ends up, they, they don't they don't forget about it. You know, it all comes back time and time again. kind of hits hit you over the face and they do a good job with it.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed that scene because I think that um, it's one speaks to how special Diana is from early on young age. And kind of also speaks to like how much like her mother was clearly holding her back too. like the idea that she wouldn't let this woman train or let her learn anything. Like, I mean, this girl was special. Like she needed to be trained and lifted up as much as you could have. And and that was, I thought, a great time to see that. Um, but then also again, that overall goal because you're watching the scene as as is really well shot. It, the effects look great. Everything is great, but you're still thinking, "What's, the, what's the, Why am I here?" You know, we've been on Themyscira before. We've seen these characters before. What's the point of this? And then when you get to you see what happens, and you're like, "Okay, it's a lesson. Let's see where, where why this matters." Then you see why for the whole movie. And I thought that that was um, really well done. Um, another thing I think I want to mention as well as um, a positive is the, uh, as I said before, I thought the dynamic between um, Pine and, and, and Gal Gadot really also shines. You know, I knew, oh yeah, and I think one of the one of the reasons why is because it's probably, you know, I know Shamari said he thought this movie was very similar in the first one. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that aspect, but I would say the one thing. That was very similar and did kind of take from the old formula. Was just, you know, new love in with one of them being a person out of time, and we like I watched that first movie and like Diana being in the in the 1920s of you know London in England was like and then Germany eventually, uh, excuse me was like money like just the writing the the humor they put in the everything they did with that worked so well and putting Steve and making him in the eighties, you know, I, I thought that the use of the eighties worked in some ways, didn't work in other ways. I thought that it did work in terms of putting Steve out of his time. And I think even it was even kind of an added note that said for him to be like amazed by things that even we have moved past, you know, he's obsessed. He's obsessed with the DC Metro. <laughs> And, you know, subways have been around forever. And, you know, that's not something special now. Or, like, little things that he was really wild by and to think that, like, we've moved so far advanced. I think it added layers to the humor. Um, Again, their chemistry is tried and true. Um, And just kind of that, like, that's... And there is something important about that symbolism of having, you know, a man who's 100% committed and willing to following, you know, the, the female lead and following the female instincts but also being there to also help and support when they have to make difficult decisions that maybe they're not ready for. Um, I just thought that their, their dynamic I really enjoyed still, to the point where I came, now, again, we'll get to, I think the Stone is a lot of the issue, so I think it's probably we're gonna have to go next. Or maybe we should go to you next and we'll get to the Stone. How he comes about, I think, is a little... I'm not crazy about, you know, we talked about that in the preview podcast where we're like how I said one of the biggest things I Z was, am I going to believe that this is a, a a way that makes sense for Steve Trevor to come back? I don't think it was, but I'll tell you what. He's so good and him and Diana are so good
2: or him and Gal are so good that like, it's just like, at a certain point, it didn't really matter once I knew Yeah, that so mattered. I So that's where I'm going to, I'm going to pivot or not pivot, but I'm, that's where I'm going to disagree because... I I guess I agree in some in some aspects you know you're like all right, all right this isn't realistic, um, and again we'll talk about the stone in in, the stone in general. Is the stone is a big old In, in general, it's like all right, all right, you know whatever. But you know once you're in the movie and you're like all right, so this is what's happening, right? Yeah. Um, I totally get the creative decision to bring back Chris Pine, um, and the way they did it made complete sense. If Chris Pine would have showed up out of nowhere. I'd have been like his body just popped, yeah his body sh-
1: I'm just like all right how does this ha- how's this happening? So just some 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 genie from right and stuff right.
2: But you know the fact that he wasn't actually there and that was her thinking him up. Then you then you're like all right. Then it seems kind of ridiculous like all right. So now she's seeing Chris Pine the whole time. But like you said, from a creative standpoint, you're making the movie. He's such a good actor and he did such a good job that replacing him with some other actor, who's just some other guy. Who's supposed to be Chief Steve Trevor would have been a it would have it, it would have been a decision that I would not have made. I think it's a much safer decision to keep Chris Bryan in that role, and he did an excellent job and doing what they did. I think it ended up actually working. Um, it could I think there it could have been much worse bringing back Steve Trevor, um, but having it where essentially he's not actually there, but that's just it's just for the audience and the and the viewer and for her. I think it actually, I think it actually worked in that role. So I
0: think that's where you know I do want to get the cheetah, but I think we got to just go with the stone now because we're kind of there um, in this conversation. All right. Here's where I'll touch on the Steve aspect of why I didn't think that worked, and then overall the stone, Dreamstone being an issue. I love that you're going to the DC Comics, you're taking something and using that to be a part of your story. I love that they do that and they get points for that for me. But it still got to make sense. It still got to work. What I appreciate about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I know DC fans are going to be really mad that I'm bringing up Marvel. I'm sorry. I'll admit, maybe it's a little insufferable, but I'm only going to bring it up, just make this one point. When it came to the Infinity Stones, there was, yes, there were mysteries about them, but everything they they introduced with those stones eventually got played out to kind of for us to really truly understand what they meant. And why they did what they did and what their presence was and their importance was to the galaxy. And it took years. It wasn't something that was done in one movie or, you know, a scene. Like, it took years for some of these stones for us to fully understand exactly what they do and why they're important and so on and so forth. I feel like with this stone, you're left with a lot of questions and no answers, really, for where it came from, why it does what it does, and how it makes sense with certain things. So, to me, I mean, Gal wishes, you know, to me, Diana wishes that Steve would come back to her. Okay, he comes back in someone else's body. That's a random person, that appears. Why did that happen? I don't know. Like, everything else that happened in terms of people wanting things, it seemed to come about kind of in random ways that weren't ever really explained. Some things just appear out of nowhere. Some things are kind of more, like, coincidental. Like, there's no real rules or real rhyme or reason to anything the Dreamstone does or Maxwell Lord does in terms of, like, the wishes he grants. And to me... I guess I couldn't the reason why I was so frustrated with Steve's return is because okay, he's in another body in in whatever. That's not terrible in, in like it's in a vacuum. That's not terrible. You told me that's what was gonna happen. But when you tell me it's because of a stone and that this is gonna be the stone that's gonna have played through everything in the movie, I think, okay, well we'll have more of an idea of like why this is happening and why this particular thing happened to him. We never get we don't they don't even try to give us that. And there's so many instances with the dreamstone that they yes. don't try to explain what they, anything. What they, they just they just do was, they just do things and say just ride with us. And again, the yeah, performances they, are so good that I'm able to ride with them for almost all of it. But again, when it comes to the sh- structural s- plot issues, like we don't we never gonna know why Steve Trevor showed up in some other guy's
2: body, random guy. Right. There's no payoff. There's no like was a flashback. I think they. I think we need a, a flashback to the gods to really get one hundred percent explanation about what was the deal. Are we. I didn't. I. I could care less about Diana giving a two line, a two line explanation. Exactly. Yeah. So in Egypt, the god of lies mm-hmm. said this, and then this happened there's a this, stone it's like what <laughs> i'm like so I, you know you're not gonna rewind it but you kind of you kind of need to and even I, and I even
0: need- if and even if you do rewind it like what she said like what does that have to do <laughs> with anything happening now
2: i like i needed a yeah. even an animated even an animated graphical kind of thing of like this is what happened like like a dream sequence in the clouds it like something where i can visually understand you know like we got in the last movie where we saw some of the Greek mythology play itself out. And so that all, it all made much more sense this time. And it was, it was, it seemed like it was going in that direction. It was like, all right, you know, when they, when they put Barbara on the case, where this origin come? where is the origin? And they talked about how the stone was in Rome and it was in Egypt and this and that, like that stuff was all interesting, but they didn't really dive into it. So it all ended up being like meaningless and
0: yeah it all resulted in a lot of meaningless dialogue in hindsight
2: yeah they they could they could have they could have divested more into it i didn't need again i didn't need as much maxwell lord as i got because he ended up being really good but the movie the maxwell lord movie for a lot of the time and Mm -hmm. if they didn't make him the stone we didn't need to see as much of him um and we could have devoted some of the time they gave to maxwell lord into actually explaining what the stone was yep um and that would have, I think that would have helped the divvying the, the up the pie a little bit.
1: Yeah. And
0: one, and one quick thing, Sham. I thought also an issue I had with the stone fundamentally related to Maxwell Lord was there's no explanation or, or conversation about why this random oil guy knows about this stone, cares about this stone, and would be so invested in it and knows exactly where it is. Um, that's, to me, a Uh, maybe the biggest error of the movie in my opinion um maybe it's saying a lot for some people but to me that was fundamentally really hard for me to understand now Mm -hmm. i am a superhero nut so i know maxwell lord and him having this knowledge of this kind of stone is definitely not part that's part for the course of course he would know what this thing is and he would have that kind of interest but you're introducing me to your iteration of him so i still need to you need to show me what this guy cares about, what he's interested in. Because you've changed him a lot, as we see in the movie. So, we don't get any of that. He just shows up, and we see he's kind of a sad sack, and he has this great interest in this stone that he realizes has some kind of powers, and he's willing to take great risks to get it. And we end up finally knowing why when we realize the power it has. But, like, we don't see any groundwork for how he would know about it or care about it or anything like that for what you know he's just a, a TV like a TV guy and yeah. and then to, and then to make the leap that then he he has even the wherewithal to know to wish to become the stone that also takes another step of yeah you know you could do of smart villainy like that you need to show me some stuff where he had the brilliance to think of something like that
1: yeah. just to have
0: him do it I was just like oh, wow, okay, this is happening. I mean, it's smart. It makes the most sense. But if you're trying to do what he's trying to do, but, like, who like who would even think to do that? Only someone who's done a lot of research and has d- peeled through everything. And any aspect of Maxwell Lord being interested in archaeology or being different, interested in being a world traveler, all that was stripped away from his character when they inserted him into being a Donald Trump-like person. So if he's... He, and my thing is, he could still have those interests and still be that guy. But... You can't give me all of the 1980s Donald Trump and none of the original Maxwell Lord and then say, oh, well, his name is Maxwell Lord, so you get it. That's not going to work. Not what you're trying to do. Again, we didn't even get the Cheetah, but you're trying to introduce Cheetah. You're trying to make this crisp pine thing make sense. It's too much going on. And to throw that in there and just say, oh, just ride with us, especially for a concept that is very cartoonish, like it just is to just be like you can wish for anything you want and then you change the world. Or you change it however you like. It's very, it's not saying that it can't work. But like, you gotta you gotta give me something. To like yep. really get, you, you take me out of it by not giving me any kind of payoff of any kind of backstory or any kind of thing that makes sense. Just saying, just ride along with this really cartoonish story. Again, shout out to Pedro Pascal, man. Because he made that work. But like, a lesser actor and I'm like. Hating Maxwell Lord as a, as a villain, just because of how the position they put him in and how they wrote him, I don't think that worked.
1: What do you think, Champ? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty much in agreement. Um, yeah, I thought I thought the Maxwell Lord character, and I I actually think I probably liked the character, maybe even a little less than you guys did. Yeah, that's no, sounds it out. sounds obvious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't. I, I the first half of the movie. I thought he was fine. Like you guys said, he's kind of a Trump character, Trump-like character. He seemed to be very, po- very power-hungry. Uh, you know, just in terms of how they portrayed him, as how they portrayed him, the Trump-like character. He seemed very power-hungry. You know, and uh, oil tycoon, uh, you know, kind of thing. And uh, which I thought was fine. I thought he portrayed the character very well. Uh, once he became the stone, once he got the stone and became the stone, it, for me, it, brought, it really went downhill very quickly uh, from there. Uh, both in the story, obviously for him, and just me as an as an audience member watching what's happening, I was like, "What is happening? Why is this?" You know, I don't like that the story was revolving around that. You know, it was very, it was very, it was just strange. You know, like in the, it, and the reason I compare this to the last movie was obviously the last movie had Ares, and he was kind of causing the war in the world, which is very, it's kind of a, it's kind of a crazy concept oh, kind of a crazy concept but it works because mm-hmm. the war yeah. was so insane even right. if you like the history of world war one it was yeah, so insane world one,
0: where War one is nuts exactly
1: it's crazy so i mean you, inserting aries in a story like that really is really honestly brilliant and, I,
2: and I thought the stuff
1: they did with the stone explaining
2: some of the, some of the other history of the
1: world and how these things all right these that could have yeah. all this
2: great stuff that's happening in the class all Great stuff happening for this, for this society, right?
1: And, and it's like you could do something like that, but he spent like five seconds on it, yeah. He spent he really, five he seconds on it, didn't go into that really at all. And you're just seeing the stone just cause, and they don't even really show things happen like that, they just show just may just uh, Pascal causing just complete mass havoc and like just all over the world. And he's having these meetings with these people,
2: and like. I didn't need all the meetings with him meeting with this random person. Oh, okay, I'm gonna give you this and I'm gonna give you that. Like, I know they wanted to, they wanted to show what he was doing,
1: show what he was doing. But yeah.
2: like, it was just, it was stuff that was just completely inconsequential. Yeah. And it got completely out of control by the third act.
1: Yeah. So, so the, the stone is is really everything surrounding the stone and and Maxwell Lord towards the end of the movie is what I didn't like. So I didn't like. I it was it was really it was really kooky. It was really. Like, really cartoony, way more cartoony. Like, I thought I thought Ares, in the, even in the last movie, was a little cartoony, just a little bit. Right, and but none like, of really even loved Ares as a villain. Yeah, like, and I didn't really love Ares like really, that, dude, it was a little fun. cartoony, but I didn't mind, you know, because the movie wasn't about him. But like you said, Kendall, this movie was a lot of it was about Maxwell Lord. Yes. And about the stone.
2: Yeah.
1: And I thought the stone, the powers are very cartoony, very strange. Like you mentioned, EJ, I don't know how he found out about all this. Yeah. I don't know why he wants to, why does he want to be the stone? Why does he want to be the stone? You know, he. I know he well, wants power. I, well, I think, he, he I, yeah. Power. Why does he need to be the stone to get the power? Yeah, it was,
2: it
0: was yeah not, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, th- that part I was fine with. And I kind of mentioned that earlier. Like, I was okay with him seeing the stone as his way to the success that he feels
1: like he's owed. Because there are people who feel that way. And I, but, what, but and, what does he? Does he even know what becoming the stone means? Right, does he become a rock? Like, like well, that's well, that's no where it, well,
0: that's where that's where the lack of the groundwork of you explaining the history of the stone and Maxwell Lord's interest outside of being just oil tycoon guy, them not doing any of that work is why you have those questions.
2: You know what they could have done? Think about a movie that we always like to compare this movie to, or this franchise to, Captain America. Remember the Captain America movie? I believe it starts out with the Nazis, and it shows you Red Skull getting the Tesseract,
0: and yes, exactly.
2: It shows you kind of that he's been doing this kind of research mm-hmm. and been putting in the work to right. find this thing, right? Yes. Exactly. Like I could have used a, a scene in the beginning yeah, of the I movie where Maxwell yeah, Lord is in like you know Egypt, or he's in India or someplace, and he's you know. Doing some sort of, he's he's breaking through rocks and he's trying to get. Yeah, and maybe he comes maybe he comes up
0: short, like he misses, like he realizes yeah, he that he moved or something.
2: Map. It's like, all right, this map tells me I gotta go here to find this thing. Now I know, all right, this he's been really putting in the work. Exactly. I don't need the first scene showing him as a TV guy, and then you know somewhere in the middle we get, oh yeah, he's been looking at all this stuff, because then at that point it's too late, you know. So I don't know that that would have been something that I think they could have done. They decided not to do. Mm. I wasn't a fan of the stuff with the with the kid only because so the, it was kind of weird, you know. At times I thought like, you know, at the end the kids just running aimlessly and then you know I don't know. some of it I didn't get. That's some of that stuff didn't, didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, I mean this, is, like
0: I said, man, this film there's some plot stuff that's weird. It's just to me it's more about emotion. Like this movie to me is yeah. written and it's that's why it's not going to work for a lot of people because I just feel like I think. I think Patty and Jeff know some of this plot stuff is wonky, but I think they're, they're, they're banking on the emotion pouring through. And I, I, think mo- I, think, I think for the most part, it does for us though. We, we acknowledge some of these things don't work, but for some people, like that's just not going to be enough for a lot of people. It's not going to be enough. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Cause yeah, to me, like I, the top of the, the, the kid, like you say, like, yeah, like a lot of it's like, where is he? Why is he showing up? Like he wishes to see his dad, but his dad doesn't just appear randomly. Like, like, to me, like, like when he said, "I wish my dad was here," I was like, "All right, well, I guess Pedro Pascal gonna be escaped from like wherever he is in, like that satellite place and he's gonna go right to his son." But he didn't, and I was just like, "Why didn't he just show up? He just wished well, yeah, that so his many dad."
2: Calls, that thing that just didn't make any sense. I mean, I told, I was telling our brother Henry that like that last scene honestly should have been way more chaotic. When all those people were making wishes at the same time, look, you should have saw stuff flying in and out of everywhere. Yeah, but they didn't. But they didn't do it. You know, because that would have look ridiculous. But my thing is, like, then, then the whole team,
0: why? Yeah, why are you doing why this?
2: Everybody in the world making wishes at the same time. Right. Exactly.
0: Like,
2: you didn't have to make that decision. You either follow the laws or don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should we should talk about Cheetah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Cheetah. Let me just say, first of all, I really like Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is a really great actress. I feel like everything I see her in, she's really good. Um. I really enjoyed her start out like that.
2: So yeah, yeah I mean, Wait, <laughs> really, what did you I, say? no, but you never you never want to start out like that,
0: you know. No,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I you like think, her
0: prior material. Yeah, you think I'm going to you think about to hit her over the head, head with a sledgehammer here? I'm am actually, actually not. Like I, I so here's the thing. I I actually I really like Kristen Wiig's portrayal for most of this movie. Um, because I think for most of this movie she's not Cheetah, per se. I think. When she's Barbara Minerva, even before she decides that it's time to scrap with 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 uh with with with, with Diana, even before that she's still really good. When she's starting to make that turn, I, to me the turn for me changes for Cheetah when she eventually you know they decide to scrap. And one of my biggest issues, I talked about this on the podcast last week, was. To me you know they're different kind of they're one they're more cheated than even just barbara minerva but with that particular version of cheetah who is the main version one of the more things we've seen in recent comics and in recent more recent stories is is kind of making their relationship with Diana a little bit more of a gray area than just like a bad person good person fight um having them kind of be allies in some instances and be, their, their relationship having more layers than just like a simple adversarial relationship and it seemed like that's what they were doing with this movie which is why I was really excited because that dynamic is is shown to be the best version of Cheetah for a lot of people and I got really upset with this movie because I felt like they set up all the tea leaves for the Barbara Hill turn to work beautifully um, if you guys don't notice like if you watch this movie like, you know, Diana like really kind of doesn't take that much of interest to in Barbara initially, uh, even when she's being friendly with her is still she's still very standoffish. and we know a lot of it's not necessarily Barbara, it's more of the pain Diana's going through of like kind of just like not having Steve really. That's all it that really comes down to. but and I see some some you know, and to be fair, I know like you know females may feel differently or women may feel differently, but I know some people have felt like they didn't like this idea that like. This uh, very strong woman's happiness could be pi- tied to one man. I, I I don't know if it's necessarily a, a male thing. I think it could have been uh, it could have been a queer relationship. And sometimes those relationships with people that you're super connected with do like kill you on the inside when they when they're not there with you anymore. So I, I don't I didn't I not necessarily agree with that assumption or that assertion that it was that was like problematic. But what I will say is they set up all the tea leaves for this. Barbara, he'll turn to work because Diana doesn't take much of an interest in Barbara initially. She really only starts taking interest when, you know, the stone really comes into play. And throughout the movie, where you see Barbara kind of trying to step out on her own and, and, and be uh, a person, you know, Diana really doesn't seem to take much interest in Barbara except barking orders for her to look up things and do things and don't do this and do that. And there's very little of the friendship that we saw kind of starting to bud initially in the movie, especially when. Also, Steve comes back into the picture. And there was so much to be there to be said that, you know, like you, all you care about is this stone and you don't care about me. You're supposed to be my friend. And like, it was just right there on the platter because Barbara kind of an a-hole. I mean, excuse me, Diane's kind of an a-hole to Barbara for a lot of the movie, even when they're, quote unquote, not fighting. And the fact that they decided with the uh, like, oh, Barbara's just her. Her uh, her her motivation is just I just want to be more powerful. I just didn't I just thought it, it just was so shallow for a motivation. And then on the to to double on that, what I really didn't like was the transformation to Cheetah, which also was gonna be to me a super important element in the movie that I don't think really worked. I I will say, no, I'm not even mad they didn't show it. That i have no issue with Ashley. I, I don't care. Um And I will say the prosthetics and the CGI that I kind of didn't like when I talked about the trailer, I thought Ashley was really good. My issue uh, with I the did, tra- did. You did not like it. okay, that's interesting. Uh, I, I, thought I, like it was, I, I thought it was fine. I didn't I didn't think like I, I thought it was I thought so it was good. Like issue? I didn't I thought it'd be a major issue. I was like, Oh no, she looks fine. Like that looks like Cheetah to me. Like I didn't
2: need like, Kristen Wiggs face on the on the Cheetah. It was like it was like more of an anthropomorphic, like kind of morphs. Yeah, man. Like I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't mind that. At that point, like we know who it is. I don't yeah. need a face. Yeah, it, I didn't. I didn't. Like Maybe that's what they were going for, but like it, it just looked kind of. It was it was something out of nightmare. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind huh. that as much.
0: I didn't, I didn't.
1: But my 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 yeah, bigger
0: issue. <laughs> sorry. Well, I will say I didn't mind that as much. But my bigger issue was. If you're watching this movie and you know nothing about Wonder Woman, do you have any reason why she turns into a cat by the end of the movie? There's no, there's well,
2: no look, way. Look, I mean, they kind of she's wearing like leopard stuff, and she likes to. She mentions the thing, oh, I like the wildcat thing or whatever. Like you can tell she has some sort of affinity for cats, but they don't really. They, not much beyond like. But to the point where you would decide that you want to become a cat.
0: No, that, that work is not done in this movie. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't make any like to me. You have a monologue about her being wanting to be an apex predator and the number one, like you know, top predator, you know, attacker in the world. I don't. That doesn't translate to you being a, a cat. It just doesn't. Like like to me, like there needs to be something way more obvious and tangible for why she looks like that. Than what they gave us. There's just no reason for why she turns into that turn. The only reason she makes that turn. So, yes of course she said I like your leopard print shoes. And she's wearing some fur. That looks kind of leopard print. But besides that. There's no turn that makes sense to why she would become. A cheetah at the end of the movie.
2: And they yeah, did no think, work
0: yeah. to set that up. Like I thought that that was. I'm looking at this and I'm like a lot of people are online. Who are, who don't know probably a lot about Wonder Woman. And like I've seen it. They're like why is she a cat? And I'm like. Yeah, you could have done a better job. And I, every time I say that I say I couldn't tell you. Like I could I can't I can't defend that. There's I have no answer for you. Other than in the Congress, he's a cat. <laughs> like, and that's some of these things are super important. Like Maxwell Lord so, caring like wanting to be this stone and him caring about it and knowing about it when you tell me it's been this historical thing that's been around for centuries. Like it's it matters how he knows about it. It matters for me. If, did, if this woman, so, if this cat is
2: going to become Cheetah, it matters how she becomes a cat. And it so seems you know, like those parts were like glossed over. My bigger issue with Cheetah, which to me was one of the dumber things about this movie. And it's it's becoming a major trope in comic book movies. It's, probably, it's, it's arguably the biggest trope in comic book movies. Um, some of them good, some of them bad. It's not like it's... There are plenty of great movies that have the same trope, but this movie went down this road unnecessarily in where we have what we've called for many years a copycat villain. You know, you talk about Venom and Yellow Jacket or like the obvious Yellow Jacket and Ant-Man, Venom and Spider-Man, Zod and Superman. Well, this movie decided that they were going to make Cheetah a copycat villain unnecessarily. You could've went down this road in this movie. You could have you could have had this exact same movie and not made Cheetah mm-hmm. have the exact same powers as Wonder Woman. And just make her another Wonder Woman. But they decided to do that. And it always makes for an easier movie to make, I would imagine. Um it's an easier story to tell. Just say, I'm just I just want Diana's powers. And then oh yeah, now I'm now I'm Wonder Woman. But it just seems like it's always it's this crutch that these movies have been doing and they did it for no reason. Mm. And to me, it it, it was, it was a decision that was baffling when, you know, you could have easily decided to make Cheetah just somebody who, again, you want to make it just somebody who likes cats. It was like, yeah, I just want to be, you know, I just want power or something. Like I, I know you wanted to go something more specific and you wanted a reason why and something like that. I want to be like Diana, but like, I, it's just, it was just a weird decision. Something we continue to see in these movies. And, you know, it's, it's, look, you know, when people talk about superhero fatigue, it's like, why do these movies all have to do the same thing? And it was just weird. Cause like part of like the,
0: what, what Barbara liked about being, you know, quote unquote, like Diana was that, that the attention she was getting from men and people like, you're not getting that attention as a cat. So again, you have to explain why she would want to be a cat and be okay with it like none of that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean they didn't they didn't go into that um in in very much detail and I agree. That was definitely uh that was definitely something that they didn't explore. I don't think she got um I don't think uh Barbara even though Barbara did get a, a decent amount of time in the movie, I don't think they really explained the heel turn uh you no. know they didn't, they didn't give enough time to that, and they certainly didn't give enough time to the Cheetah transformation. Um, not nearly enough time. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of that goes back to what you guys were saying, which is a lot of time was spent on the Stone. A lot of time was spent on Maxwell Lord. A lot of time was spent on Gal Gadot, obviously, as Wonder Woman. Um, and a lot of time was spent on her and Steve Trevor, which we haven't gotten to as well, but hopefully we we'll get to soon, because I very much enjoyed their relationship. Mm-hmm. Cheetah as a whole... Um, I thought the barber stuff I thought was was great. Um, uh, for the most part, I enjoyed Cheetah. I didn't really not enjoy Cheetah at all. I I liked the fights. I thought the fight scenes were were very well done. The fight scenes. I were thought cool. that. Uh, and there was really I no explanation
2: the, to why why did why was one woman able to beat Cheetah? Well, first of all, I mean, there's the obvious, there's the odd question of why did she need the the gold suit? Which well, she probably didn't. Oh, that was but, that was also that was also. You know, like they set yeah. up the gold suit, and right. I'm wa- as you're watching the movie, you're thinking, oh, she doesn't have her powers, but when she wears the gold suit, right. it's gonna put her on Sheeta's level. But then right. she gets her powers back, and she goes and gets the gold suit out of right. nowhere. I didn't know where that came from. But she has, she gets the gold suit, and then. But well, yeah, that's, well, she so like, it, well, well, the gold
0: suit. They she she talks about the gold suit with Steve, where she's like. This is the suit worn by you right. know with eventually like, Linda Carter's character
2: right but she didn't she didn't have the gold suit the last time we saw her we go do something else she comes back and then she's wearing the gold suit I'm like well we you.
0: well we, we do see her go back we I real it kind of was weird how they cut it but she goes back to when she flies she's actually flying to her apartment I realized oh, and okay. then she goes then she because then you see her flying again and then she's flying to wherever the location is it was it was a weird cut and I'm not I don't blame you for thinking that because I kind of was like well, oh, so she must have went back to the old so that's last thing. She was actually flying but back to the apartment, it's not like, flying to see. Why
2: did we need her wearing? Why did we even need her wearing that gold suit? Like they it they, was
0: they, it was purely for that was one of my also to sell toys. Yeah, that was purely well, just to sell toys uh, and and
2: to sell action action figures and to sell yeah. these you know what what are they calling the the what is the hot toys or whatever? Yeah, spe, but, special editions and yeah, special editions. Uh, uh, what's
0: it called? Um... Funko Pops, like, yeah, that's that's all that was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I mean, she, she looked great in the gold suit. She, the gold suit is dope. Suit. It looks it great. She amazing. looks great in it. I was, but I was curious. I wanted to know what, why is she wearing it, yeah. and man, why? that was a letdown, too. Yes. Yeah, so that. Yeah. So I think I, liked, I, I think that was it. I like the, the story.
1: Yeah. The background story. Was, the story was great. was great. I loved everything about it. It just didn't make sense why she put it on. But, but yeah, it makes you wonder why she need this right. at this moment. I
2: liked the you know? um. I liked the the stuff with the invisible jet. Uh, I didn't that need. I, I I I didn't necessarily buy Steve Trevor being able to fly the plane, plane like that. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't mind that. But I'm like, all right, you know, this is like. 40 60 yeah. years into the future yeah this is, this is and a, you're able a, to fly that this, this is a jet engine and how did you get to how did you know how to get to egypt there was no navigation but i don't
0: know those were all those were all little things where sure you could look at a lot of movies yeah I, I suspended movies. my disbelief with the him flying the plane i was cool with it i i don't know anything about planes he's a pilot I'm, I'm gonna say that you me but i'm gonna say you're gonna be able to fly a plane. i don't know if i believe you can fly a plane to egypt but I'm gonna let that ride. Steve Trevor's supposed to be the best pilot
2: yeah, of his time. He from DC to like Virginia, or so he was going to DC or like Atlanta, I'd be like,
1: all right, I'm sure he maybe can find his way. Yeah. But man, he's going
2: across the
1: world. Yeah. Which I mean, just to jump on Steve real quick. I mean, uh personally, I loved every every moment of Steve Trevor in this movie. Yeah. Um uh, to me, I think he him and Diana's relationship throughout the movie is one of the shining s- spots of the movie. I tend to I tend to kinda not like those the kinda all the all, you know, mandatory romance right, in the right, superhero right. movie or whatever, but I, th- I actually thought it was a shining spot of this movie. It was very endearing. Um, you know, Chris Pine did a fantastic job. I feel like he was one of the shining spots of the movie. Yeah. That's why they had to bring him back. Yeah. I thought Galaga Dot did a fantastic job. Yeah, I mean it's to the point where now I'm like, man, I, I,
0: I'm really not looking forward to him not being in the next one if he's not. Yeah, I was kinda of surprised know, right? that they yeah. wrote him out. I mean I, I, was, I know that was they- too
2: reasons, but you know, my thing is once you bring him back once, you know, there's no point in killing him off a second time. Yeah, that was uh, a surprising decision. You know, they could have easily found ways to go to work around it and they just didn't. Um especially when they they decided they're making a third one at this point. So it's like uh Yeah, which is we, breaking news by the way, for people listening yeah, to this choice. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean we we've hit on a lot of stuff that we didn't like. I don't know if there's anything else that we that we did or didn't like uh, about this movie any major any, sure, any shout out shout out to Simon Stagg that was a
0: great call yeah um, loved love that uh, that, uh, that DC Easter egg that the, you know, the businessman he's invested with yeah, in shout Simon out. Stagg and you know I mean just to get a guy who to look like Simon Stagg <laughs> I mean yeah cool. it's it yeah. crazy I'm looking at this guy I'm like who is this guy and then I still didn't even call him Simon I didn't think Simon Stagg and it wasn't until he was that Stag industry, I was like, oh my god, that's Simon Stag. Um and that of course opens the door to Metamorpho, opened the door it's a Batman Easter egg. I mean there's a lot there that's really exciting. So
2: yeah. I like the stuff, the 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 politics with Bialia. Yeah, yeah
0: that that became that's a, there's some of that stuff's controversial given I guess Gal's
2: uh Oh yeah, that's like, all that stuff I mean on, nothing
0: to do with nothing to do with me, but Right uh, but I, did, but I did like that they were able to put <laughs> oh, really? cool. Bialia in there. Hmm. Again, expanding the universe. I was cool with that. Maybe some of the visuals of what they were putting in there wasn't the greatest, but I still enjoyed what uh, the, 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 the effort in terms of expanding the universe. I liked that. Um, what else did I like? You guys mentioned the action. I, I, I'll be honest. I thought the action was a little bit of a letdown. Um, this, I thought this movie desperately needed a no man's land scene. It desperately needed that kind of just like bare knuckles brawl, no holds bar fight. And I think we, we wanted it probably with Cheetah and Wonder Woman. And I just don't think we ever got that. I thought the fight scenes in the White House were pretty underwhelming. I actually thought Steve's fight scenes were a little better in those, those choreography in those scenes than, than even like Diana's uh the action scenes in, in in Egypt were okay, but I think this was this scene was this movie was missing that. This movie was missing that true and I thought the fight scene was cheat at the end the, the, you know, the visuals are cool and stuff but I didn't, didn't think they delivered on like a true awesome fight. just thinking about like I'm, I'm not trying to compare the big fight, but thinking about before all those heroes come in in end game. Think about like the fight, which is all CGI, really, between you know, with like Iron Man taking on Thanos and Captain America taking on Thanos. Like, we needed. I think we needed that. That that, that part is a little bit missing in this movie. Um, but again, I don't think that really Patty was focused on that as much. It's not necessarily
2: the, the last thing, Good or
0: it's not necessarily good or bad, but it's something I would have preferred.
2: The last thing that I want to I wanted to mention was the the choice put this in 1984 um it made sense given the story they tried to tell because yes. if you take it if you put this in modern time the scale that they made it would have been one that would have been it would have made it unbelievable that no other superheroes would have gotten involved when we had nukes all over flying all over the place exactly and people losing their minds it 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 would have been unbelievable to believe that, like, yeah, The Flash or Cyborg or Aquaman or whoever else is alive, Batman, Superman, whoever, would have would have stood idly by. Um, yeah. Now, you do wonder, I mean, what, there were no superheroes in 1984 that were, but, I don't know, none that would have been able to do anything with that, I would imagine. No Superman, so that would have been the main one or The Flash, but, um, so they decided, look, we're going to tell a huge story, we can't really do it during modern times. Because it would look kind of ridiculous unless we we're going to bring in anybody else, but they didn't have plans to do that. Um, so, so I get it in that regard. There are still some questions I have about, you know, the timeline. They say that she's been away basically since since World War One or World War yeah World War One. But like at the same time, like. She was pretty out in the open during that movie. Yeah, there's, so, yeah. There's no you know, way me that nobody that, knows who that is. Nobody seen Wonder Woman. Yeah. Since that one picture in World War One, I know there's no camera phones. So it's not like people are, are videotaping the stuff she's doing. But it's still television networks. There's been media coverage. They they made it clear that there are media coverage about this superhero out there that's doing mm-hmm. stuff. This woman. Yeah. So, which I like that opening scene as well. Right. Like her in the mall. Yeah. Her in the mall. You know that was that was a, that was a good scene. Um, and she does the thing where she knocks out the cameras to the camera try and make and all. it seem like, oh, you know, so, yeah she has been hidden, but, I don't know, were, I mean, the third act, like, she's in the streets and stuff, I mean, there's nobody that, that was like, who are you, like, mm-hmm. why are you dressed up like, th-? I don't know, so. Somebody flying in the middle of D.C., like, you know. Yeah, I like, don't know, it's, yeah. it's, it's odd. Uh, she was in the White yeah. House, so I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, the stuff with, uh, I mean, obviously Lex Luthor ends up finding her, so, Maybe that ties into it. Maybe that's how he found her. But, but I don't think
0: it took someone as smart like Luthor being the only person to realize. I think that there's a, a
2: Amazonian there, <laughs> among yeah. us. There's plenty of evidence there. Yeah, so that, that, I mean, look, at that point, they didn't care. But my thing, is if you put in the effort to put it in 1984, probably in part to, for timeline reasons. Uh, but I
0: thought it also matched theme, too. Like, to me, like, the 80s and 90s are, like, turn times of, like, ultra-consumerism. And that's a big theme of this movie, and I don't think there's really a better time you can choose to make that front and center than probably '84, yeah, Reagan yeah. era, you know. So mm-hmm. I thought that that made sense, um, but again, you know, it comes with its it comes with its flaws, it comes with its detriments when you try to do a timepiece, and I think there are some instances where they definitely uh, didn't use the '80s as much as they could have. And there's some instances where I think maybe you lean too much on the 80s and you end up getting very campy, very cartoonish, kind of nonsensical aspects to this film. And that's kind of the double-edged sword I think this film is. It's a, it's a fun movie and entertaining movie, but I think it still has a lot of issues. Um, you know, They really didn't set up much for a sequel here, so that was kind of interesting. But I guess we're at the point where we could talk about final scores on one of the 1984. I'll go to Sham first. What are you uh, thinking for a score for this movie?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I'd give this movie, uh, i give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I thought it was a solid movie, not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I wouldn't say don't go see it. Um, I would say this probably falls into the category of, uh, you know, what the, a lot of the non-superhero fans or whatever would, would think a superhero movie is. You know, popcorn flick, you know, some stuff maybe don't make sense, but you know, you go, what, see, where, you go see it. Where, know, do where do you put this? Where do you put this? What does this fall in between in your DCEU ranking? Uh, now i got to think about it. Um, uh, I mean, you know me. I like Man of Steel, so it's definitely below Man of Steel. Um, below Wonder Woman 1. Below Wonder Woman 1, certainly. Is it below Aquaman? Certainly below Aquaman. Is it below Birds I mean, of Prey? Yeah, certainly below Birds of Prey. Okay. I mean, for me, it's, it's probably uh, is it below Suicide Squad. Uh, I mean, that's that's where you get to the point where BVS, Suicide Squad, Justice League, or the or the Justice League version we have currently. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's, I mean, I, at that point, I probably put it above. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I put it above. I think I put it above all of those. Well, I, mean, I, I, I put, well, actually, I put it on this. About on the same level as BVS, which I'm sure for you guys is probably like very low. You're like, oh, yeah, but, that's you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. so you're a Zack Snyder fan, so that yeah. Makes sense. I put it on the, about, probably about the same level as BVS, and I probably see it as about the same. You know, some stuff that doesn't make sense, that I don't like, but a lot of stuff that I do like. So I would say, you know, if you want to see a good flick, sure, go see it. You know, or you know, it's all, it's at your home, it's, it's on your yeah, I got your HBO Max queued up. You know, I think it's worth a watch, uh, but it's not a fantastic and movie. worse than Shazam, right? Yeah, and the worse than Shazam. The it's not as good as Shazam.
0: Uh, your, what did you score?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go I'll probably go 7.5 as well. Um I don't know. I mean, I feel like my scores have been have adjusted to be lower uh in recent in recent weeks and re- recent years. Um uh, I always joke on the Imperial broadcast that Shamari is the uh, Shamari's the dunk contest judge that gives a 50 on the first dunk. <laughs> he's giving those first two uh, Mandalorian episodes, like a fifty, or oh, okay. he's giving I a ten high, out very of ten, very high it. marks. He's like, yeah, "I'm gonna give the first high. episode of Mandalorian nine <laughs> I'm like, "All right, we gotta, we gotta wait." But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll give this a, uh, I'll give this a seven point five. You know, I, to me, it ranks probably in between. I like this better than Birds of Prey, uh, not as much as Aquaman, okay. and it's probably around Shazam. Like, whatever you think Shazam is, I think it's probably, it's right there. You know, that's splitting that's hairs. That's interesting.
1: I, I, I rate Shazam much higher than 7.5. I, I rate Shazam way higher I, than this movie. At least, like, an 8.5. Really? I don't remember what I I, love it. I probably gave Shazam, I, like, an 8. <laughs> like, you <laughs> oh, yeah, probably I could Shazam give this, like,
2: eight. an 8, too, but, um, yeah. I mean, like, Shazam and, like, Birds of Prey, like, the stakes and, like, the what they needed to accomplish, like, the bar, was much lower than this movie. So, you know, I think we made great, you know, and this is just my interpretation, but I think it's graded a little bit on a curve compared to uh, something like Wonder Woman, where, you know, we are, we're expecting, we're expecting greatness, and we didn't necessarily get greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if Birds of Prey was greatness, but we were kind of, we weren't expecting anything from that movie, and it, it ended up being very solid. You know, I think this movie's solid, but, you know, on the one hand, one's a disappointment and one's a surprise. So, right. um, you know, I think... You know, I think this movie's fine. Um, it's not one of the better DC movies, but... I mean, I think it is one of the better DC movies, but I don't think I'm saying much. But, um, but yeah, I think people are being a little harsh. I've seen a lot of rankings where this is, like, you know, bottom three, which... Uh, I mean, Shemar has it in that I mean, range. I pretty much have it in there. Yeah, Shemar has it in
1: that range, but, yeah, you know, I
2: mean, I've I mean, seen people who have it bottom three. I've seen people who have that too, So I've seen it all over the place. Yeah, I've seen these rankings. But a lot of them, a lot of the ones that have it really low have, like, BVS, like, one. You know, or like Justice League two, and I'm like, yeah. to me, you know, and then I, I kind of dismiss it. But yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. Then I'm like, all right, uh, you know, I don't have much to see. I don't not, not not much to see here. But where are you at, EJ? Um, for this movie,
0: uh, to, for the sake of not agreeing and just giving the same score, I'm gonna go seven out of ten. Um, when I was looking at it, I was thinking about it. I thought it'd be between seven and eight, and you know. The more I read, and the more people kind of point out things, the more I think that you know, it does dock some points in regards to like uh, where I can grade it. So if you asked me yesterday, I probably been close to seven point five, or at least when I first watched it. You know, kind of reading through things and thinking through things, I think I probably drop a little bit, a tick down to a seven. Um, still a good movie to me. That's passable. That's a fine movie. Um, I think that again, to me, the performances really, the performances really carry it. Because I think I don't think the script really works that well. Or at least the plot. Not necessarily the dialogue. But the plot doesn't really work that much. But this is all to me about performance. And uh, and it's all about performance. And the performances don't hit. and This is a terrible movie, I think. But because the strength of Gal and, and, and Chris... I think, again, I really did... I know maybe I was harsh. But I really did like Kristen Wiig for most of this movie. It, it, it's just the problems are when you need her to be the, at the her best. I thought... The writing didn't do her any favors, but um, but I thought Christmas week was great for most of it. I told you guys how I totally bought this Maxwell lore in terms of Pedro's performance, even if his story arc was a little bizarre. Um, so I give it a seven for those reasons. Like you know, it hits on all those marks in a very high level to me. It's just these other things, the story, uh, plot. Um, I again I thought that there was some really cheesy shooting. I thought there was some really bad green screen stuff with Gal that didn't put her in the best light. And I don't know if really any actress could have made some of those green screen stuff look good. And it, it didn't it, it didn't screen parody to me of the eighties, it just screamed just like kinda like lazy editing. Like uh and there's some just story plot holes that just you can't ignore is it's just obvious. Some things don't make sense. Some things aren't explained. And it just it just weighs the movie down. And it sucks. I feel like there's a good movie in here. I'm not sure where you begin. It probably begins with cutting out Barbara Minerva as a character. I hate to say that because I did like Barbara Minerva. But it just seemed like all of that kind of got in the weeds. And Shamari made the point earlier. like There wasn't that person in the last film. If Maxwell Lord plays the Ares role there was no other person in the fold with that and to me barbara minerva if you could actually in in a way you could actually make the case that the doctor is kind of like a red herring as like a barbara minerva type of like character but they really don't develop her that much so she doesn't really get in the way but like here like you know cheetah slash barbara is like in the movie and they have to give her some time but like for everything else they were trying to establish it just wasn't enough time. Yeah, to she do but
2: put did in the movie to help sell, which it did. Like you know, it got me excited, but you know, in hindsight you watched the movie and you know, she didn't necessarily need She didn't to be she didn't there. have to be there.
0: Like yeah, what what be. you the story you tried to tell me about what greed and wanting everything at all costs takes and what that what that takes away from a person, we all
2: see in Maxwell. So
0: but her, uh, you she know, was just we, she was just we talked, additional.
2: We talked about it coming into this movie. Like like years ago, like when they when they decided to to do this, that you know, they wanted they were gonna have to do at some point the you know the female versus female kind of showdown thing, you know. Right, but then like that, just to, then you the save her for a third movie, or you don't do this movie. Maxwell Lord as the center. Right, right, exactly. You know, and that that's that's obviously you know. Or you hindsight. pick a third, or you
0: pick a third villain that we don't care about as much. That's female to make that so that arc doesn't feel as important. You can't take the most important Wonder Woman villain and don't give her the proper time. Yeah, man. You yeah. Know? That's the issue. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you did a, a Batman movie and you decided that you're going to do, you know, the Joker as a side character and the main villain is, uh, you know, Black Mask or something, you know, if you don't make the Joker make any sense or whatever, like, that's a big issue. You know they
2: wanted her to have the impact of Winter Soldier in Winter because it's similar it's a similar kind of role that she plays. But
0: it just didn't there's work. not nearly enough there's just not nearly enough action. Right. Like, of course, that, the like, yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier, every time he sits on the screen you think somebody's about to die. Like the, <laughs> the amount of drama that the that the Russo brothers instill with that character is none of that is it's like the primary
2: movie. villain of that movie is 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 Pierce. And to be honest,
0: the, the, the development of Winter Soldier really takes it takes two movies because you have it's to. Not, you know, and, it's Captain America that's one and then Captain it's America two. But that was what they were going for. It just it just didn't work right. And maybe in a in a perfect world, maybe Barbara Minerva becomes Cheetah in a in a third movie, not this movie.
2: Look, some people, you know, she may be coming back. You know, I mean, some people. I'd
0: welcome her to come back. I I like. Cheetah. I think Cheetah should be... She still has her powers. Right. And I think Cheetah should be part of this story. I I think that she should be part of Diana's story, just like she always is. I don't think this should be a one-off. But I think that they had some issues they got to iron out. Uh, But yeah, I give this a 7. Good movie. Had fun. Great to have a movie back. I'm so glad Warner Brothers put it out. Uh, Shout out to them. Um, But yeah, it's just a little disappointing because I felt like there was some greatness to be had. And I feel like they let us look through their fingertips a little bit, a little too ambitious with some things, a little too trying to do what, you know, I think a lot of creators have trouble with these superhero movies is trying to do what you want to do and not giving the people what they want. And that is a, a, a tough mix that is hard to do because you're a creator. You want to do stuff that, you know, inst- that inspires you. But there's some things just people want to see and. I don't think they really got a lot of what they wanted out of this Wonder Woman movie. And that's like a problem. And I think, and I tell you what, I think Patty loves this movie. I think that this is the kind of movie she wanted to make. But if you're going to make this kind of movie, and you're not going to give me exactly how I would do a Wonder Woman movie, you better hit on all the things you're looking for. And they didn't execute all the things they were even trying to do. So that's where I land on a seven. What do you guys think of Wonder Woman 1984? Make sure you hit us. Up on social media, you can find us on Twitter at New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. You can find us individually. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore stewart Instagram, Max and EJ. Kendall is on Twitter at New Gen Ken. Shamari Shum- uh, is on Twitter, uh, uh, Snapchat, and Instagram, MCChan22. Of course, that's going to do it for this podcast, but you can uh, catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Tune In. Also make sure you check us out on uh I said social media and um and make sure you check out on YouTube, New Generation Media as well. But that's gonna do it for now. So thank you guys so much for listening in to this Wonder Woman
1: review. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy guys. See you soon.